McNulty stunning for Emilio to get up above Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, from Bosby. are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle for McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, short yes. for Bosby. Smashes it past McCormack. Won by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bosby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe. Nonchalant. Fantastic. Brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce. Proud to be Pompey. Hi Pompey fans and welcome to PO4 Cast episode 114. Well we're back and after the success of the Defenders and Goalkeepers episode, we're here to bring some magic to your ears with midfielders and strikers. Joining the podcast today is Freddie Webb. How are you Freddie? I'm doing very well Hugh, thank you. Yeah, lovely to be back on. It's been a mini break when we've had all sorts going on. My laptop decided to die in the, in the, in the meantime while we've been trying to sort this episode out. But yeah, we've got loads of players to go through in as much depth as we can and we've got an excellent guest as well so it'll it'll be worth the wait I'm sure definitely it's it's almost a a sort of a divine intervention I suppose you could say that I fell over last week damaging my knee and my hamstring meaning that I was on doses of handfuls of painkillers meaning that I couldn't do the episode but the positive from that is that we've got Chris Stringer from D3D4 on the podcast how are you Chris? I'm not too bad thanks for having me on Um, yeah been been an interesting season for Pompey it's been fun to sort of cover them for the podcast and um, looking forward to seeing what they do over the summer yeah there's a lot to do isn't there I mean <laughs> there is a lot to do new CEO new management um, it's all go at Pompey and we're expecting quite a lot of uh, a squad change so this year we might even get a couple of these a couple of these spot on so um, let's get into it we've got loads to get loads to cover so let's start it off Freddie do you want to start us with your first player please from the midfield section alright we'll start with <clears throat> centre mids we'll do deeper centre mids so if Cowley wants to play a 4 one these would be the two midfielders behind the front front three and the striker one player who I noticed League 2 he'll be on loan from Leeds United is Alfie McCalman and Chris Stringer being an Oldham fan he'll know a lot about Alfie McCalman because he's seen him play a, a fair bit 21 years old 5 foot 4 centre midfielder played 39 games in all comps for Oldham 10 goals and 3 assists with an XG of 5.08. And from what I've seen to him, he's got excellent technique with his passing, with his shooting. He scored a fair amount of screamers from the middle of centre midfield. And he could also chip in a few progressive passes as well, which is really good. I was wondering what Chris thought of McCowan's performances and if a, move, if a lone move to League One would suit him. Yeah, I, I think actually a move to somewhere like Portsmouth would be perfect for him, actually. He's, he's a really exciting talent. Uh, you've mentioned a couple of screamers. He was really quite exciting to see um, moving forwards. Um, and some have talked of him perhaps getting the championship move, but I think actually you get a bit more development from him from a Leeds United perspective, send him out to one of the better League One teams. Uh, I think he'd be a fantastic signing. Mm. Well, one thing I, I did notice when I was looking at the, like the analytics like I usually do, his defensive duels are pretty good in all comps, 6.89 per 90 with 58% success rate. That's slightly below edge for League 2, but he's five foot four in a very physical league 
So I wasn't expecting much different. Offensive duels is slightly worry with winning only 31.75% of them. That's when he has the ball and he makes 5.2 per 9, 2.5 per 90. When you were watching McCalman, did he get stifled in certain games uh, due to the physical nature of the league or did he manage to play around it a bit? Yeah, I think I think at times he, he did struggle with with some of the more physical sides, but he, you know, as I say, he has got he has got a lot of talent about him. And I think if he's Oldham as a as a sort of rule last season struggled defensively, we struggled to to sort of perhaps shield some of our better players. So actually, I think inside a Portsmouth side, alongside um, a more physical player, he could really thrive. It's interesting because Pompey do need a balance. So like we have literally no centre midfielders now. I don't think we have. I don't think we have one, do we, Freddie? That we could actually call. Do we have a centre No, I don't think so. Can- a ca- a Cannon's gone. Naylor's gone. Close gone. Bryn, Bryn Morris gone. gone. Um, that's it, isn't it? All the academy lads been released. So literally, mm. I don't think we have any centre midfielders. So we really need a mixture of players here when we look through the list. So it's not just a. That's the sort of player we need. We actually need to replace the defensive guys, the centre midfielders who can get the ball moving. And yeah, it's going to be a completely new relook in the middle. So I'll crack us off with the next one, which much to the, uh, I'm sure, disgust of the guys at the Rail Women podcast, our friends over at the Crew Pod. I am still going on about it, boys, because I still think it could happen, but it's one of the bigger, longer shots. But if I don't mention it, it does happen. I'm going to be kicking myself. It's Tom Lowry. From crew, 23 years old, five foot five. What I like about Tom is he gets on the ball. He's the kind of player who really dictates the tempo, makes it happen. He's not afraid to get stuck in as well. Um, as we looked at before, his defensive duels, you know, success rate 57.01% is a little bit below average in League One, but not, not that low. I think what's interesting for me in particular is his touches in the box, 2.04. So the top 20 for centre midfielders, He's not too bad at all from there. We need a fee for him, let's be honest. He's not going to come on the cheap, but he will drive the midfield, make it happen, um, whilst being sturdy enough again not to get knocked off the ball. I think he could be a flagship player to come into this new Cowley midfield, get the ball moving properly, not this really slow jacket over the centre midfield, mispassing them system. You know, with Tom Lowry in the middle, dictating tempo quickly, passing the ball out, I think he could be a great player for now and in the future. Chris? What do you think about Tom Lowry at Crew? Is he a player that you think, first of all, would be a good player for Pompey in midfield? And do you reckon it's, you know, achievable? Uh, I think it's definitely achievable, but you have you have hit the nail on the head that they, it will require a fee. Um, you know, your listeners will probably be aware that Crew's entire model is based around their youth team. Uh, this time they had, yeah, see, I think it was two seasons ago now, had something like 10 players that had come through the youth team. So that is their entire setup. It's how they run their finances. He could definitely jump up into League One, though. He's a fantastic player. We definitely need sort of midfielders to replace Ben Close. That's sort of an excellent midfielder with a range of passing who could also contribute further forward and have the stamina to go up and down. I think Tom Larry ticks all the boxes. It will require a free, but what we've seen from Pompey is they can potentially go for a fee. I made this list in depth, mainly before the the Stockley saga, which everybody's going on about, where Portsmouth did actually offer a fee. That was the main surprise. And for those who don't know, Portsmouth apparently offered him five and a half grand a week to go to Portsmouth, but he used that to get a better deal at Charlton instead. So, uh, well, we'll... And that, that wage feels like quite quite a large wage as well for him. Mm, um, so so mm. it, does, it does suggest that you have got a little bit of money to spend. I think uh, 
perhaps more so than other teams given the circumstances. I think we've got a lot of the big wage earners now off 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 the books as such, Chris. And I think I think Danny Cowley, when you look at some of the players that we offered renewed contracts, it was on reduced terms from what they're on now effectively. And we know the market's a little bit different now for, for free agents, for players re-signing. And you know, we spoke to a couple of agents who who also agreed with that. But I think the thing really is that now we can allocate those wages on players that maybe Danny Cowley really wants to bring in. So he's got that budget opened up a little bit to bring in players now where we can spend where there's value is what, I'm, is what I think. Yeah. And I suspect the new CEO will, will help with this. I mean, he's, he's done a fantastic job at MK Dons. Uh, obviously, they're, they're trying to, to create a side that's as big as Portsmouth and, and he's got the aspiration and, and the financial nows, I think, to move that forward for Portsmouth. Yeah, no, massively. Cullen's, Cullen's an interesting one. We spoke to the guys at the um, at the MK Dons, MK1 podcast, Liam and the lads over there, and they were, they're, they're just singing his praises, very shrewd business-wise. So, you know, I, I'm, you know, we're optimistically looking forward to the future here. And because there's so many players that we need to sign, it's going to be a really interesting time. Uh, Fred, do you want to take us on to the next one? Yeah, of course. This one, this one has slightly less detail. Because I did remember him mainly not this season, the season before he played for Coventry City in League One, did very well. He was at Bristol City though recently, barely got a look in. Uh, I'm looking at Liam Walsh, released by Bristol City, 23 years old, five foot eight, centre midfielder. He was integral to that Coventry City side that got promoted. I remember seeing him a fair bit in the midfield, driving that counter-attacking play that they did. Five goals and four assists two seasons ago. I think that's in all comps. Yes, it is. From an XG of 2.37 and expected assists of 3.31. Again, we need a midfielder who can contribute high up the pitch and has that range of passing. In the past, Portsmouth have struggled sometimes with that because whenever Portsmouth either lose the midfield or there isn't enough movement to receive passes, then Portsmouth's attacking play falls to bits, uh, falls to bits a little bit. So Liam Walsh will be you can definitely get a lot of value from Liam Walsh on a, on a free. His wages will be low considering he barely played last season. Yeah, one of the uh, options that Cowley could go for. Yeah, he feels like a really intelligent signing if you can get him. I mean, at 23 and a free transfer and as you say, probably reasonably small wages. There's, there's a huge amount of value for money there and you get him playing and you've got a transfer fee at the end of the season. I think he'd be a little bit of a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, and also we need to get a real mixture of players in, don't we? And I think that's a that is a steal. And I think Cowley talked about getting a real young mobile team who can pass the ball well. Um, and I think he really fits into that mold of. And we talked about crew there, you know, buying and selling players as well. But I think any good League One team now needs to see where value of players are really taking them in and having that ability if they do do really well for the season. And you know, if we don't go up or whatever, and they get sold on again, that we can make. Um, some money that can be reinvested back into the team. Okay, I'll, I'll kick us on more. I'm going to go with Callum Cook from Bradford City. We all know that our pal, the new the new manager over there at Bradford, is going to be really keen to sell to us since he has an absolute love of Portsmouth. Let's be honest, Eric Adams. But yeah, 24 years old. He's five foot six. He's on the smaller side of it. He's got a high number of deep completions and deep completed crosses. I think what's interesting, he's got an 89.47% progressive pass accuracy rate, um, which is quite interesting as well. Slightly better than some of the um, stats we had for, for Naylor and Close as well on that one. He's a player that is not good in the air, let's be honest, because he's small. 
but what he brings with on the ball and his passing and movement is something we should look at. So I'm going to say Callum Cook from Bradford City. I'll be interested to hear what Chris thinks about him um, down in the league too. He's a good player. I just wonder, Bradford obviously going for promotion this season, how willing they'd be to sell him to you and for how much. Um, I suspect he might be to the higher end of your budget. I suspect he will be too. Um the only reason why I put I'll put another Bradford City player, a midfielder in who we'll go on to later. But you always get this with new managers at clubs. Sometimes they, they they just have that fixed mindset where they look at it and go, right, I want to make this my team. And Derek Adams is midfield at Morecambe, Diagaruga, players of that ilk, very big, very physical. So he might look at Callum Cook and go, yes, he's got a range of passing, but if he's not physically up to it, then they might move him on. His defensive duels is also quite good. Uh, and that, that's basically winning the tackle off the ball. That was in all comps, 64.8% accuracy, making five per 90. That's in the top 20 of League, of league Two in terms of winning the ball back from those scenarios. So he's not, even though he's on the smaller side, he's not defensively liable. It's just whether... Uh, Derek Adams looks at that and thinks, okay, I want that in my side. But again, if, if Portsmouth can command a fee for him, Callum Cook's the sort of midfielder I would go for all day long, looking at League, league Two midfielders. We've seen League Two players step up in League One very well. You can only look at Blackpool. Uh, they looked at League Two mainly and they got promoted with it. So You look at him and think he's a player you could probably probably make a profit on given a season or two. Um, but, but as I say, yeah, um, well, as, you, as you pointed out well, it all depends whether or not he fits into Adam's plans. Yeah. And as Freddie was saying, I suppose to sum it up, it's not all about size that matters, is it, Freddie, those defensive dual stats? Um, all right, let's move on to, and again, we're sort of going for a little mixture of players. I spoke to the guys and over at Forest, and they said that potentially, if he doesn't go back to the cha- go to a championship club, which I've heard he said to the Athletic, he'd like to go. Tyrese Foner, um, on loan last season at Plymouth, can play centre-back if needed, but really a little bit better in the centre of midfield. Chris, I added that to the extras list if you're looking for... Uh, yeah, I am looking for that one. <laughs> I was doing, yeah. Um, again, he's six foot, 21 years old. He played 41 times at Plymouth last season. He's a centre midfielder. He's a solid tackler. Um, his defensive duels are pretty good as well. 62% success, all right. But he's a player that I think is apparently, according to the Forest guys, they think can play better this season than last season. I know he said to the Athletic he wants to play in the Championship, but it will depend on, let's be honest, what Don't midfield... We all? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I want to go Premier League, Chris. <laughs> no, I haven't, I haven't got the the strut or the glory seating. But, yeah, no, I think he'd be a good, a good signing. You know, 41 games last season for Plymouth already. He could be a player bringing on loan um, as a squad player. But, yeah, I don't know what you guys think about that. Plymouth, we were discussing this on the podcast today. Obviously, they were new to the league, but you feel that they've sorry about that. <laughs> you feel they've, they've slightly under underperformed um, this season, and so actually fitting him into a, a, a higher quality side, um, no disrespect to Plymouth, might do him a lot of good, and you might get a bit more out of him. Yeah, and it w- I think he played fairly well for a young player playing his first full, full season again out on on loan. Um, but yeah, he's he's a good tackling midfielder. He's a bit versatile as well and can fill in at the back if needed as well. So I think sometimes you're looking for those players who come on loan to be a little bit versatile. Um, I'm pretty sure Danny Cowley would like the fact that you can play him, you know, in the centre mid or or at, at the back as well. So yeah, that's not a bad shout, Freddie. Um, 
when we were saying about centre midfielders earlier, we need to we're literally a clean slate. We don't have any, so we need more defensive-minded centre midfielders. And there were and there was one twenty-year-old in League Two at Leighton Orient who I saw and thought some of his other stats weren't very good. But Hector Cipriano from Leighton Orient, twenty years old, five foot ten, made twenty-four appearances. He was he was above average for defensive duels in the, in the, in a very physical league. And I always look at that and think. At twenty, if he if he's physically capable to do that and be that defensive midfielder, that's a really really positive sign. And he has seventy percent accuracy on his passes to the final third. So not only can he win the ball back in those tight scenarios, he 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 can make an accurate progressive pass. Tom Naylor, I really liked for most for most of his career, but sometimes his range of passing let him down when he wasn't playing very well. I'm not sure how much Chris has seen of Cipriano. He he he. To me, he seems like maybe a backup option to bulk out that centre midfield roster that Cowley desperately needs to uh, sign some players for. Yeah, he's, he's not a player I know, know a great deal about, but that Leighton Orient side was certainly showing promise this season. Um, so, yeah, a backup, as a backup signing, definitely. Right, let's go on to the next one. It's not bad. We need some backup signings. Let's get it in. Um, Callum Guy. Is he the guy for us? Is he the man? Let's have a little have a look at his stats. He's 24 years old, played 47 games, 12 assists in League Two, all of them from set pieces. So, you know, we do need someone to come in and take take a set piece or two. Defensive jewels 8.04 per 90, 62.47% accuracy. He's in the top third of centre midfielders in League Two, 24 years old, maybe a plug and play option. I don't know how much better he's going to get from there. Chris, have you got any thoughts on him? He signed a new deal in April, I think, at Carlisle. Again, much like Bradford, they're looking at, um, well, I'd expect they're looking towards promotion next season, although they've lost a couple of key players. It's, it's kind of an interesting one there at the moment. Um, so I think Carlisle would be hesitant to, to let him go. Um, so again, you're coming on to the money question. I mean, yeah, if you signed a new deal in April, that should have been done in my due diligence and probably striking him off the list. But yeah, you know, you can't win them all. Uh, Fred, let's get on to the next one, mate. We have a few more. Um, I'm going to go north, north of the border for these ones. One player who was linked with Portsmouth last season or the season before. Very good central midfielder playmaker, Liam Polworth, released by Motherwell. Um, Muffwell had to release a lot of their good players I was looking at Alan Campbell but Luton Town signed him which is very unfortunate played 25 appearances this season which isn't it doesn't sound that high even for a first teamer he was injured but managed to recover that very well one goal and four assists from a deeper centre midfield role but then last season again he had nine assists the year before so he's got that that history of um creativity as a part of him and also looking at his offensive duels in the SPL so playing teams like Celtic and Rangers 7.43 per 90 with just under 50% success rate so he's not going to get knocked off the ball he's the he, he's definitely the the out ball centre midfielder where you look at him and he'll always be in the right position for a pass uh, definitely the sort of player to just fit in the engine room of that midfield and also his progressive passes, 6.15 per 90. And for those of you who want to contextualise a little bit, that's roughly a third, a third of the pitch. So if you split the, split the pitch into three, you have where you're defending, where the midfield is and where the forward line is. If it goes across the third of the pitch, that's a progressive pass. And he had an 81.54% accuracy on that, which is one of the highest in the SPL. 
So make of that what you will. I I really like him, and on a free, having a player of that pedigree, I don't think you can say no to. 26 year, years old is a bit older than some of the other players we mentioned, so that the wage will be a bit higher, but yeah. You'd be Liam Polworth. You'd be hoping he's at his prime and ready to fit straight into the side there. What do you guys think about SPL players coming to League One? Do we think that's a... Because it's, it's always a funny one, isn't it? Because... It's such a lopsided league. I never really understand the sort of transition between between the two and the standard about, you know, going from the two. Do you think there's a... Cause obviously, the, the top of the SPL is much more, I'm, I'm going to say, lower premiership, upper championship, maybe standard. Then, you know, you go down the league and it sort of becomes more of a sort of League One level. So... There are players, obviously, that come from Scotland, which do do fairly well, and managers as well. But I don't know what you guys think. Have you got any comments on sort of players coming from that league and whether there's more money as such in League One or at those sort of middling SPL teams? I think it purely depends on the player. And really, if you, I've watched a bit of SPL and it's quite obvious to see which players could fit into a more championship mould and those that can fit into a more League One mould. Um, I saw John McGinn at Hibernian and he was an excellent midfielder then. And you could just tell when you think, yeah, he's a championship player just because of his movements, because he was always there, that type of thing. Polworth, in my opinion, lower championship, upper league one. So I think, obviously you've got the geographical question as well. Why would he go from Motherwell all the way down to Portsmouth? That's a big ask for sure. anybody it's to move It's freezing from. in Motherwell yeah. compared to here. Yeah, you've got that to factor in as well. But sometimes you can get some great value in the SPL, especially at um, some of the less prestigious teams where you think, oh, there are some great young players there. As they mentioned, Alan Campbell just moved to Luton Town, who was at Mudwell, and I thought he was an excellent centre midfielder in the SPL. So it just entirely depends on the individual skill set and what team they're playing for, usually. It's total potluck, I found it the Scottish leagues I would hate to be a scout up there um, for the FL side it's just it's we had a we had a period at Oldham of signing quite a few Scottish players and it works out half the time it doesn't the other half and I think there is a slight change in the style of play but I think one of the big questions is geographical especially if you just signed on a one or two year deal you're not moving your family away uh, and so you've got a commute back to, to see family and friends so I think it can be a challenge at times. So it could be a risky one. I think, um, all right, I'll go on to the next one. This is a little bit different. This is to a newly promoted Premier League team, Dan Phillips at Watford. Spoke to the guys over there and they're selling me of tough tackler in the midfield. I'm not afraid to get stuck in because really come in and help anchor the midfield. You might think in a Watford way, yeah, he's he's played a couple of times um, for them this season. I think he got his debut this season against Borough and then played five times. He's just 20 years old. He's capped for Trinidad and Tobago. Um, from what I've heard, he's, he's he's a pretty good technical player as well. On the ball, he's fine. He's tough tackling. Could help come in and play that role for us. Obviously, it's, it's a little bit difficult. He started to break into the Watford side. I think if they were in the championship, maybe they retain him. But it's been promoted to the Premier League. And if they want him to get regular football, maybe Danny Cowley says, look, come down here. Um, and if he likes him, you know, we're going to play you. So, yeah, Dan Phillips from Watford, under-23s. It, it looks like, I'm, I've just got his history of it, it looks like he had a, a loan to the uh, National League South a couple of years ago. So, 
And it's a big ask to go straight to the Premier League from that. Most players these days tend to have a season or two in League One or League Two before moving moving up. So, you know, these players that say they want to play in the Championship or play in the Premier League are actually going to one of the League One clubs like Portsmouth, Sunderland, Ipswich, where you've got the facilities of a bigger club, um, but with slightly, I won't say easier, but it's least slightly easier matches to play in, um, can be a perfect move. Yeah, so I'm, I like that one. I think a key could be yeah. could be a decent decent shout. Um, Fred, do you have any more? Uh, yeah, I have a few more. I'm going to stay <clears throat> north of the border of this one as well. And uh, this is the last player from the SPL. Um, previously, a youth player at Aston Villa, Jake Doyle Hayes, released by St Mirren, 22 years old, five foot eight, played 29, ga- 29 games for them. He was definitely more of a centre defensive midfielder with his duels. Uh, in general, who is Jules per, per 90, it was 18.68, and he won 58% of them, which was third in the SPL in total. Now, with Jules, and especially in the SPL, you can imagine that some of the teams like St Mirren and Hamilton, you're going to get a, a centre fielder on top of those lists simply because they're out of possession more. They're going to have to make more tackles in general, but that's that is hard to ignore. Same with 63.54% of his aerial duels. He wins them as well and makes 6.31 interceptions per night as well. So with that de- with that defensive calibre, 22, playing against some of the some of the players that Celtic and Rangers have, that's a that, that's a big that's a big boost for me. And also in terms of passing, his progressive passes, again coming across thirds of the pitch, uh, he makes 7.81 per 90. And is successful at 73.5% of them. That's similar to stats of Ben Close and Tom Naylor in League One. So so with that similar passing profile and some of the defensive stats in some some cases a harder league like the SPL, and at 22, it seems like a bargain, doesn't it? Yeah, and he played for Cheltenham, um, if it's the right play I've got in mind. Um, And they, they seem to... I seem to remember they they really liked him as a as a player, um, so he's already got that EFL experience. So, as you say, young player again, perfect. Yeah, Danny Cali, sign him up. Um, have you got any more? Before should we move on to cams, Fred? Uh, I've got one more to say in detail, and just names in passing. It, it was that Doyle Hayes who played for Cheltenham, by the way, Chris. So it is that Ooh. same player, and if they liked him. And he's gone up to St Mirren and, and done fairly well. Seems to be a good, a good young yeah. buy. Um, some dating names who I don't have the stats for, but I'll run quickly by you. Alex Woodyard, obviously Danny Cowley knows him very well. I think he's been at nearly every single one of Danny Cowley's clubs. Again, a proper, a proper defensive midfielder. And we're mainly focusing on short passing. So that's one option they could go for. Um, I was recommended Archie Collins from Exeter City, but I didn't have time to look him up properly. So that's another midfielder to consider. And then one more, again, at Bradford City, but he's more of a passing midfielder, so you've got to hope that Derek Adams won't like that and will ignore it. Um, Elliot Watt, 21 yeah. years old, five foot eight, three goals and two assists from, from the deeper end of midfield. He seems to He seems to just be, again, a, a, a midfielder with an excellent range of passing and can make things tick. Really intelligent 
Yeah, exactly. It makes things stick in the midfield, which is pretty much what we need. It, one thing I noticed is passes to the final third. He makes 13.04 per 90 and is accurate 50, 56% of the time. Average on the accuracy, but the amount of passes he's making, that's the second most in League Two. Same with his forward passes, making 21.7 per 90 on average. Again, second highest in League Two for that. And he's got the second highest amount of progressive passes in League Two as well. So a midfielder who's not afraid to move the ball further up the pitch quickly. And that's the mantra that Danny Cowley wants to implement into this side. So in terms of his scheme fit, he's perfect. It's just whether um, Portsmouth can actually afford a player like Elliot Watts. Yeah, I think he's one of those players that, again, we've got as a good fit nearer the top of the idea of the budget. And as we said, it's going to be about allocating money wisely where we can and then on the other side of it, 10 minutes, thanks for that. On the other side of it, um, you know, finding some of these diamonds in the rough, the freeze like we were talking about a minute ago, the guys from Watford on lane and the guys from Forest you've mentioned and just balancing that out. It'd be interesting to see if we end up doing something like selling Ronan Curtis to help fund the budget for, for the rest of the team that goes out. I think Pompey fans are expecting him to move on, but as far as we've heard, there hasn't actually been any formal in, in any formal interest in him. And I think the £1.5 million, which Pompey are looking for at the moment for him, is probably a bit too steep. I mean, I was thinking more a million pound max, more the 850 sort of level, I think, in the transfer market at the moment. So I'm not surprised if that's the figure Pompey are pushing around that potentially there's not been that much interest. But I think it will be something that maybe is the... As the off-season goes on, there's a few more calls and people, they lose out on their other targets and suddenly they're having a look around and uh, picking the phone up to us. But Yeah, I, I assume that Curtis would want to move on at this point simply because he would want to try his hand at championship football. Especially, I always had that opinion in my head at the beginning of the season. Well, if you don't go up, that's Curtis gone because I, I can imagine some team wanting him. Uh, for some reason, I see him at a fit at Car- Cardiff City under Mick McCarthy. He seems like... He seems like he would fit well with a manager who would be on top of him all the time and let him be as aggressive and dominant on that left-hand side as he wanted. So, yeah, it just... That 1.5 million, it seems like a pre-COVID number to me, I think. It, I, I think Pompey would be lucky to get a million for him with with add-ons, to be honest. Chris, what's the view of Curtis outside of the Pompey bubble that we're living in here? Is there a, is there a view you can take on him? Uh, I mean, I, I had a similar discussion with my uh, my friend Ben, who's a Pompey fan, and uh, I agreed with him at the time that if you if you didn't go up this season, he'd be on his way. He he is a championship championship player in waiting. Uh, I think I think you're right as well on, on the on the fee side of things. Um, 1.5 million is probably what you would have got for him in a year before before a pandemic. Um, I don't think we'll be seeing a lot of fees above a million quid um, in League One. No, and I think we've got to look on the positive side because he actually signed that that contract so that Pompey would get a fee if it came round. So, you know, we're seeing all these players leaving on freeze at the moment and, and being let go from Pompey. And I think that fans need to not get the torches out and march down to Fratton Park if that fee becomes half of what Pompey are asking for effectively with potentially with add-ons for him doing well. I've sell on clauses, yeah. Yeah, sell on clauses, future-proofing the deal. I think that's probably where we're where we're going to go from here. Okay, let's get into centre attacking midfielders. I'm going to kick us off and let's go for the dream again. I said about Tom Lowry earlier on and I'm just going to throw this out there to our lovely fans, friends at the MK1 podcast, Liam. I told you I'd bring it up. Scott Fraser, he's not signed as far as I'm concerned. 
Um, I know there's a little bit of dispute over money, what he's doing with it. They've obviously bought in some players to play in the centre of midfield as well. It was a one-year deal. I think he'd be a great fit for us. 26 years old, in his prime, six foot tall. 14 goals last season. Um, a, part of, a lot of those are penalties, to be fair, but seven assists. Um, he's a player that really Pompey have missed having someone clinical who can play in that little slot in the role behind a striker and set balls up for the likes of John Marquis. John Marquis is not going to score goals if you lump the ball up to him over the shoulder or he's got his back to goal. He needs little nice dinky through passes. He needs someone who can link the play up and be on his level effectively when playing. I think that Scott Fraser would be that man He's a player, he's a playmaker, he scores goals, he is what we need. Sign him up, Danny, get over there. And uh, obviously, Cullen, give him a call, you know who he is, you signed him over at, at MK, convince you that was a rubbish move. Get yourself to Portsmouth. I don't know what you guys think. He's also very versatile, he can play deeper in midfield as well, and in the cam slot. He mainly played as a cam for Burton, that's why I listed him under the cam slot. But if he can play deeper as well, that's an extra bonus, because I, I, I think he's one of the standout players on that list and potentially for free as well. Surely that's the name on, uh, it should be a name on top of Danny Cowley's list, no? You'd hope so if he's on a free. Uh, I, I've had that rant about John Marquis this season far too many times for someone that's not a Pompey fan. Um, I remember start of the season, my friend was, um, I mentioned before, um, was saying, I'm, uh, I'm not sure about him, don't raise him that much. I said, put him next to another striker and he'll score for fun, but playing him off on his own, is a, is a complete waste of time. So yeah, so bringing someone like Fraser, if you're playing him in that sort of cam number 10 role, would work really well. And as you say, with that bit of versatility to drop deeper, you've got a got an excellent player there. And no, no disrespect to Cameron Jerome, but I, I really do think that some, having someone like Scott Fraser playing in behind you is really going to help pad your stats, shall we say. And, you know, John Marcus really scored under his XG again this season and he looked worse as the season went on. Obviously, he had a couple of injuries and then he got sent off and things weren't flowing, but you just saw the confidence just like, you know, dive down. And I think Pompey fans will give him a good chance again when we start the season. And hopefully, Danny Cowley can set the team up so that he's, well, well, to enable him to succeed, really. He is a superb striker. Give him give him chances and give him time and he'll do well. Although I said the same about Will Grigg, so... <laughs> Not even take that one, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but again, another striker who probably would play better with support closer to him. Because I yeah. saw Marcus play for Doncaster Rovers in a 4-3-3, but the wingers were always very close to him and always played yeah. the through passes to his feet, which he yeah, just ran into. It was which... a very narrow 4-3-3 that we were playing at mm. the time once, so yeah. And it helps having James Coppinger passing the ball around you, doesn't it? Well, so um... <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure you should be on the list, though. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Fred. Uh, well, well, speaking of Doncaster Rovers, there was one player on loan there who I really, really liked, and it, it depends. He might not want another loan to League One because of how well he did, but Taylor Richards, who was at Doncaster Rovers on loan from Brighton Hove Albion. There's a link geographically there. 20, 20 years old and six foot one, so very tall for a cam. In his 48 appearances, scored 11 goals and five assists from an XG of 6.34. So he scored way above what he was expected to do so. He can score multiple type of goals, but could also hang back a bit and help with the play in the final third. He's, he's more aggressive than Scott Fraser, I think. He plays a tiny bit more like a striker. A few of the goals I watched 
he liked to hang on the last centre half if, for example, the striker dropped a bit deeper to receive the ball. Um, and, to, and when he when he's on the ball, his offensive duels he makes sixteen point oh eight per ninety. Again, very high, similar to Scott Fraser. If you want a comparison, with a success rate of just under forty two percent, which is good. And another thing for it, 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 this is different for a cam dribbling. Usually, you get cams who are playmakers who who, li- who like to just receive and distribute the ball. Richard Richards is dribbling. He, he averages six point four four per ninety in all comps with just under 55% success rate. That's very good for a cam. Um, I would love Portsmouth to be very aggressive in that regard. Get aggressive forwards who play play the ball around the penalty area, but if there's a gap if there's a gap in the defensive lines, just go for it with a through pass or with some excellent dribbling. I'm not sure what Chris thinks about Taylor Richards. Yeah, and it, I think the geographical one is an interesting one being from Bryson. Do, do you... Do you tend to have a, a link with them? Uh, yeah, they, they poach all our staff and players, basically. <laughs> you've you got Matt Clark, obviously. I'm just trying to think, obviously, they've got our academy staff have all gone there as well. That You know, players who have been released on, or who are in our youth team, They've some of them have had trials at Brighton straight away. So there's definitely discussions, whether it's one-way traffic or not, I think it is actually the question. But maybe they could throw us a bone and uh, <laughs> loan us from their players. Well, you'd hope so. I mean, I'm hesitant to, to call Brighton the the bigger club because I'll get in trouble for that sort of thing but at the moment being in a higher division um, you'd want to be making those links it's, it's something that Oldham have tried to do at times being on the doorstep of the likes of Manchester City and, and championship clubs like Blackburn uh, trying to get deals with them so that'd be a, a good deal to try and strike up with them you know Especially since they've got Webster and Clark off you know who've come from us as, at some point you know, they could, they could exactly. do us a favour that couldn't they? Yeah giving you on free you know <laughs> If not, I want to go knocking at the Amex, you know. <laughs> we need players. <laughs> but no, I, I would like a player like uh, that sort of cam, which I think Portsmouth have for years and years. We wanted that we wanted that playmaker like Gary Roberts in the middle, which we haven't had in a long time. So yeah, Fraser or Richards would definitely fit that bill every day of the week. Also, you're talking about him making those runs in and sometimes being on the shoulder of a defender. I think that's interesting because if a striker does have to come deep, sometimes what Pompey are really lacking then, if it's not on a on a quick counter, is someone to go beyond the striker as well to be able to make those runs. So um, that could that could be quite interesting. I think we do have been have been lacking that. Okay, cool. So I'm going to go on to the next one. I'm going to go with Harry Chapman. We can get him on loan or, or permanent potentially from Blackburn Rovers. He's 23 years old. He's been offered a contract at Blackburn. But so far, as far as I can see, unless it's something's changed recently, there's been no news whether he's accepted it or not, hence the on loan or permanent deal with him. In half a season with Shrewsbury, uh, he scored seven goals, four assists for next year of 3.52 and expected assists of 3.06. He's averaging 2.44 touch in the penalty area. Pompey need people to get in the box and make moves happening. You know, this team's been too static. We need some players to come in who really can have that mindset of wanting to get in the ball, wanting to get amongst the, amongst it there. So I think he'd be quite a good option either on loan or on a permanent. Yeah, I feel like he's been linked with every club in the EFL at some point. Um, he, he was one of those players a couple of years ago that um, was progressing quite nicely at Blackburn and was linked with a lot of clubs. I'm not sure what really happened with him and he's never really pushed on. Um, if he leaves on a free and you can get him on a, on a sensible salary... Um, I'd, I'd definitely go for him, but I, I wonder if I wonder if he, he'll have high wage demands. If one of those players that policy himself as a 
up-and-coming player for the league above. Rightly or wrongly. <laughs> In that case, is it maybe more achievable if he signs a deal with Blackburn and they send him out on loan to get experience rather than trying to sign him permanently? Uh, possibly. I mean, perhaps I'm being unfair on him. Perhaps he would. But, uh, yeah, I could, I could probably see a loan more, more likely than the permanent. But actually, I think... I don't know. He's, he's a strange one. I feel like he should have been at a, at a club for, for a longer period of time than he ever has been for a while now. Does that send an alarm bell occasionally when you think these, you know, these players that are talked of quite a lot and it's just never quite materialised? I mean, obviously it could just click. But... Yeah, so, so, sometimes it can just be that they've not, they've not found the right fit. Sometimes it's because they've got an attitude problem. It, it's one of those. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have to wait and see. If he does come in, I think I'll just trust Danny Cowley's judgment on his sort of player analysis and he yeah. thinks he's the right player, then I, you know, I'll be quite excited. So that's my filter for the, yeah. the hopefully or big disappointment or attitude issues that you could have with someone like that. Well, he is a good manager for taking a player under his wing and really getting the best out of them. Yeah, definitely. Go on, Fred, shoot, is your next one? Uh, I've mentioned this midfielder before on another podcast in the January in the January section, he went on loan to Hull City, Hull City instead. But released by Birmingham City, Dan Crowley, that's going to get very confusing with it, with our manager specifically, but we'll, we'll move on. I, I did misread it for a second. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, um, I really liked him. It, it, if, if Portsmouth fans would have seen him at one point. If you remember that um, League Cup game, Portsmouth played against Birmingham City. I remember two things about that game. A 16-year-old Jude Bellingham and Dan Crowley being the best midfielder on the pitch. Uh, just the sort of playmaker that you that, that you could see being in the upper echelons of League One, but hasn't had a proper crack at it yet. Um, he, he has a pedigree from Arsenal. He went to Willem II in the Eredivisie, so he's so he's not afraid to go uh, go to strange strange cl- off the wall clubs sometimes to prove to prove himself. And I, I think perfect he's, for he, he's, then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sometimes, um, <laughs> and I just think a player of that passing acumen. Portsmouth needed that for a long time. He can play in the cam and deeper. Dan Crowley. It might be a personal preference because I've seen him a fair bit, but I, I think at 23 years old as well, on a free, those are the sorts of players that um, that Danny Cowley would look to go for because he, he'll be on the cheaper end because he'll want to play first team football. Yeah, and it, it, I don't think he pushed on too much with Hull just because he was unfortunate to be at Hull when they were such a good team. All right, we'll move on. I'm going to go with one who, a little bit left field, I'm going to go with Jack Bryan. He's on loan from Applewell, Nicosia, but he was played at well at Shamrock Rovers. Nine goals, 12 assists in the Irish League last season and got capped for his country. Signed by Mick McCarthy, we've already mentioned earlier on. Is he a theme in the podcast? No, but we've mentioned him twice now. Yeah, he's barely played for Applewell since. Um, he's he's got an xG of uh, three point five six and expected assist of eight point nine four. He's a player that Pompey do like to scout Ireland. We like to go to Ireland for for pre seasons for piss ups for whatever you want. Get players there. Pompey seem to like that, so it's a feasible one here. Jack Bryan, Jack um, Bryan, is it? Yeah, it's Burn. I've got it wrong. There we go. I'm going to have to repeat that throughout the whole time, right? (laughs) 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 Well, he played at Oldham a few seasons ago. um, And he was one of many players that has got into arguments with our owner and ended up getting phased out. He's got attitude problems and he has throughout his career. So he came through the Man City ranks. um, But he is 
one of the best footballers I've ever seen. Um, I would, if, you, if Cowley, if he can manage his, his attitude, because he's quite a fiery player, if it was with Richie Wellens and they used to go back at each other, you can imagine with Wellens' character. Um, if you can manage his attitude, you have got a fantastic player on your hands there. So exciting to watch. Uh, we, we had a, a sort of spine of the team. It was actually the year we somehow got relegated. But we had a, a, a spine of Key and Brian, who's obviously at, um, at Sheffield United, uh, Byrne and Owen Doyle up front. And it was just such an exciting three to have. <laughs> How on earth did that side get yeah. relegated? <laughs> uh, I, I can start a very long rant about our owner, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I've heard stories about about, about your owner, especially from uh, Anthony Gerrard. Uh, he did a podcast and talked about him a lot. And oh god, um, <laughs> look out for that after this podcast if you want to laugh about uh, laugh about that. But yeah, and another, um, another one was um, uh, Craig Davis on uh, Boundary Park Alert System. That was entertaining as well. <laughs> Uh, well, Pompey fans uh, know too well about strange owners. We've had plenty of them beforehand. Yeah. But yeah, Burn on loan from Apple Nicosia. There's no way that Apple Nicosia want him. I've, I've seen him make three substitute appearances and barely any minutes at all. I didn't understand that move. Yeah, because Mick McCarthy signed him, but then he was at Apple for about 10 minutes. <laughs> so he signed <laughs> Burn and, and then pretty much left immediately yeah. afterwards. And obviously, the new manager hasn't fancied him at all. So. It, it, it's a Danny Cowley signing, finding gems in the rough like that. Um, Chris, Chris, what, do you, what are your feelings on how, knowing the bit about the player and we talked about attitude, what do you think about what Jack Byrne would be thinking? Do you think he would actually want to make a move to a league one club like Portsmouth? Yeah, 100%. Uh, when he was coming through the Manchester City ranks, they, they rated him highly. Um, his attitude was a problem. Uh, I think he went to Blackburn as well for a while, if memory serves, uh, in the championship, and again didn't quite quite make it through. So I think he will definitely be wanting to test himself in England again. Uh, he's, he's proved his worth certainly in, in Ireland, and he will be looking very much to to set himself as a championship player, which is where he probably should be. Uh, so I think a move to a club like Portsmouth would be very much be sweet. Sweet. Well, we'll have to watch that space. Fred, do you want to take the next one? <clears throat> yeah, this is the last cam I had on my list. Um, another name that's literally just gone into my head, Jan Torrell of Birmingham City, who, who would be a name to sign, but he's barely played, but but could have a potential pedigree. But what, one player that Chris would know really well, Davis, Davis Keller Dunn or Keeler Dunn. Keeler Dunn, I think. Keeler I've, I've, I've not figured it out, really. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was hoping you'd flop that pronunciation, mate, to make that... <laughs> <laughs> to balance it out a bit. <laughs> but no, he, he he seems to be an excellent attacking midfielder. Um, 23 years old, five foot nine. Um, I believe Oldham took an option on him, or there's one year left from, from yeah, where I found. Yeah. They took an option, okay. Um, 49 appearances for Oldham, 11 goals and six assists from 8.31 XG and uh, expected assists of 4.46. Another thing that I found interesting was that he had a high high rate of interceptions, 3.47 per (laughs) 90, which is unusually high for a playmaking attacking midfielder like that. But sometimes you you want a player who's apt at something that you wouldn't expect him to be. So if he's good at at interceptions, if Portsmouth are defending like that, he could drop back a tiny bit um, and potentially win a stray pass and then he'd be very comfortable on the ball. Very comfortable on the ball. He also gets high up as well. He averages 2.19 touches in the penalty area per 90. Um, 
again, I like him. I'm not sure how much Oldham would want for him, but he, even though he's on one year left. But what do you think about Davis Keeler Dunn? Uh, I, I I really rate him. We got him from uh, Wrexham, who also rated him highly. Um, it, it would be an interesting one. I'm not sure what we would want for him or if we'd consider letting him go. Um, another player I saw on the list, Dylan, Dylan Bahambula, I suspect, um, will go, so we'll probably want to keep Kyler Dunn. Um, but yeah, he, he is a fantastic player. I, I suspect actually a lot of those interceptions have probably come in the final third, sort of being a bit tenacious trying to snatch the ball off defenders when they're trying to play out from the back um, he would fit in well in the League One club uh, I'm not sure if he's quite quite good enough for, for uh, someone pushing for promotion from League One uh, I suspect he'd probably be better suited to a bottom half League One club for now um, but certainly good for a backup at Portsmouth so, uh, Chris, you're not just saying that, are you, to to dissuade any of the potential <laughs> listening to the podcast? I'm just not quite sure. I think before the show, weren't you saying that you, you thought Danny Cowley should just throw bags of money at him? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think actually he's, he's um, he might be wanting like two million for him, something like that. You know, he's definitely two times whatever Ronan Curtis is worth as well. Yeah, I think we're discussing. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> no, we do definitely need not just, I think as we're talking about though, Pompey need lots of players. Um, not everyone is going to be a marquee signing. I think someone like him who has the good ability, who then could have an opportunity to show what he can do, um, is is definitely worth it. Um, I don't think we've got any more cams I can think of, have we, Freddie? Um, uh, I don't have any more cams. No, it's all wingers and strikers. Let's move on then, because we've got a fair on there. Let's go to left wingers. And again, I'm going to just... I'll throw this one out there and love it to me that the crew lads at the Rebel and Podcast. But let's start with someone a little bit unrealistic here, but go for it. Charlie Kirk at Crew Alexander on the left wing, one year left, so a little bit unlikely potentially due to championship interest. I could see him going to the championship all day long, but he's yeah. an exceptional player. <laughs> he's an exceptional player. Hey, so good I, but last time when we tried to do this episode, sometimes we downplay it. Sometimes we downplay players. They come in and people go, you didn't even consider Charlie Kirk, you know, what kind of thing? <laughs> He talks about some bloke from Shamrock Rovers. We didn't even. So yeah, we are talking about him, Charlie Kirk. Um, Forty-seven appearances, six goals, nine assists. Um, he's, I think he's about the top. I think he's coming to top five for left wingers in the league. Um, he is a player that I think could make a big difference. And if we are going to sell Ronan Curtis, if we do need someone to come in, he is a plug and play quality top end League One Championship. Let's be honest, talent. But he's a player that could really come in. Um, so yeah, let's put it out there. Charlie Kirk. Yeah, he, uh, you've summed it up brilliantly. Another one that's come through the crew um, youth system. Uh, if you've got the money from Curtis, I think it would definitely be worth worth a splurge. It, it's a strange one. So it's really the obvious player that pretty much every upper half league one player a team would want. But I, I, I just said, uh, surely a championship club would definitely try and sign him, surely. Yeah, I, I, there'll be a lot of clubs sniffing around him. Uh, I can't see him staying at Crew. I think he's going from Crew. Just where to is really the the, the question. But look, you have got to be in it to win it. So there we go. Charlie Kirk is possible. So we'll go over that. Fred, have you got another one to go take us away on the left? I do. I've seen him. Play, I've seen him play fairly regularly as well. Um, I watched the League Two player final, and I noticed a few uh, a few players, but the, the most obvious one. Carlos Mendes Gomez from Morecambe. He's got one one year left off the top of my head, 
as far as I know. But with Derek Adams leaving, it definitely opens the door for a League One club to potentially snatch up Mendes Gomez. He's an out-and-out inside forward. So think Ronan Curtis plus <laughs> in, in, in terms of his shooting ability. 22 years old, five foot eight. He made 54 appearances for Morecambe last season, scoring 16 goals and six, six assists in all competitions. With an XG of 16.13, so... He, he scored pretty much all the chances he was given. Expected assists of 7.05. He could have been slightly better. But exactly, he's always looking to be in the, in the attacking option, running into space for a through ball, hanging on the last, uh, last centre-half. He only makes 1.19 crosses per 90 on average. So he's not a creative option on, on the left wing by any means. But I, I do think, depending on the players you get around him, Mendes Gomez would fit into a front three very well. If he's play, if he's playing right into the penalty area, he offers support for John Marquis if we have creative players on the other side and in midfield. But yeah, um, I'm not sure what Chris thinks of Carlos Mendes Gomez. I think he could potentially be a bargain. Yeah, I suspect you're right. And he's a really, really exciting player to watch. So just from the purest enjoyment of football, he would be a, a brilliant sign. And again, yeah, hit the nail on the head. Having him alongside Marquis, just with those nice little, you can beat your man and just a nice little pass, nice little touchback to uh, Marquis, it, it could work really, really well. Yeah, uh, I think one other thing I noticed uh, people liked Curtis's dribbling, and that was one thing I uh, remember him a lot. I'm, assuming, uh, I'm just saying it's assuming he's leaving, but that aggressive dribbling from the wingers is what I really like Porsche to do. Yeah. And 4.08 drills per 90 is a fair amount, but but averaging three touches in the box per 90. So he almost plays like a striker, a wide striker, yeah. not not an out-and-out winger, which some of the options are. And if you're talking about emulating that sort of narrow three up front that we mentioned before from Doncaster with Marquis, um, that, that could work quite nicely. And Cali likes to play that sort of wide triangle, so people will, we will play out wide, mm. um, and when we play out, say... So you know, you need your fullbacks to get forward then and create a little bit of width as well to give him the sort of the width if he's going to come narrow just to provide that option as well, I suppose, to have a cross. I would be interested to know, Chris, if you think that he'll get the same amount of opportunities playing in a team that don't hit so hard on the counter-attack as someone like Morecambe, who basically soak pressure up and then he's this really quick player and he's in these hitting on the counter-attack you know people have committed men forward they're backtracking with a team like us who plays other teams who potentially camp in front of us a bit more yeah are you going to find that more difficult to break defenses down in league one that is that's an interesting um question and and you are you are right that they morkham morkham sort of weapon in the season just gone was hitting teams on the bounce using the likes of gomez's pace uh, I still think he's a, he's a skillful player. And so I think getting him in a training training setup like you've got at Portsmouth, I think he could definitely adapt. Good. That's the right answer, isn't it? That's what we want to hear. That's what we want to hear. Do you, and Morecambe aren't rich, let's be honest. They, I think they're one of the lowest playing budgets in, in League Two. So yeah. do, you, do you think it would be a, a, a signing that's quite achievable from a financial basis? Or do you think he's, other teams will be sniffing around and that'll bump the price up quite substantially? Uh, I think there'll be a few clubs sniffing around, but I suspect he'll be one of the cheaper ones to pay for. Um, I suspect you'll have to have a... You could probably get him on the cheap with a with a reasonable sell-on clause. 
Okay, I'm getting a bit excited. I think that's a yeah, that's a, that's a potential one. I think we've um, we've done well there. All right, so start the next one. Liam Miller on loan from Liverpool at Doncaster Rovers last season. 21 years old, five seven, 33 appearances, five goals, seven assists. Dribbling is pretty good there. A uh, very aggressive and uh, would be pretty much a big terror for fullback as we're already sort of chatting about with the last players. But he is pretty small on that side at 5'7". So we are really are looking to get the ball to him and ask him to dribble at people. 8.89 dribbles per 90, um, which is very good, very aggressive again. And there's only one player that I've got on my list that actually beats that in the dribbles per 90. So he's a player to get on the ball and get a move it forward. So Liam Miller from Liverpool Online. Yeah, a good player. I wonder if, um, if Blackpool would be interested, obviously, with the, the link there to, to Liverpool's youth setup. Probably, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Go and ask the lads who know Blackpool, oi. <laughs> <laughs> Is that feasible or have you got your, your paws all over it? Yeah. Uh, paws. <laughs> yeah. No, but I saw, I saw Liam Miller play a fair bit for Doncaster and I liked him whenever I seen him just because of how aggressive he was he was he, he, he whenever it, sometimes he would he would always look for the dribble or the cross but if it went wrong he, he didn't care it was always about what the next opportunity is rather than um having that mindset where so it's going badly he drops his head a bit he he was constantly 100% on the entire the entire time I saw him and that was again aside as well as the stats something I really liked. His, his offensive dual stats, so when he's got the ball, he holds onto it. Similar, similar stats to Ronan Curtis, who's above average for a winger at keeping hold of the ball. So he's not going to get knocked off even at five foot seven. But yeah, again, I, I really want Portsmouth to go for aggre- aggressive players in, that, in a front three. So yeah, um, Liam Miller mm. on loan. I really liked him. We, we really as well want to play a game where Danny Cowley wants us to press from the front and win the ball back high up the pitch. And if we're going to do that, we need players who are going to be on the front foot, aggressive, quick, you know, will step up and put, and put pressure on teams. We saw that last season, you know, Cowley came in and tried to help us implement a press and tried to get us to, to win the ball back in that way. And the players that we had really weren't, I don't know if they've just been drilled by Jacket to be playing in a certain way in that system and it's sort of, you know, sunk into them a little bit. But they didn't really look capable of quite executing the system he, in that he wanted to play. So it'd be good to see us bring in those sort of, you know, younger on the press sort of players. And I think he could really do that for us. I am I am very glad that you stuck stuck by Cowley. Um, I think given time, he, I, I, I think I suspect this season he'll get he'll get you playing um, very good football. But long term, I think he is a fantastic guy to have around. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we we had him on the podcast. He came on the pod a couple of weeks after after a sign-in, which is obviously a brave move to come and talk to us Muppets straight away, um, as well as generally very nice. But yeah, we spoke to him on and off the pod and listeners know that. So I'm just sort of chatting to you about it, Chris, but you know, he's definitely a top bloke and he knows a yeah. lot about football. And I think players respect that as well. And let's be honest, we're, we're pretty lucky to have him and Nicky down here. And, you know, yeah, yeah I think yeah, that's well, for the future. We've, we've had him on D3, D4 a couple of times. Um, I think he's one off a hat-trick mug soon. <laughs> is that what if he comes on three times you get a mug you get you get a d3 d4 mug <laughs> <laughs> love that. that that's that's probably why then isn't it he's, oh, that, he's, yeah. he's texting you asking when he can come on so he can get that <laughs> get that mug you know <laughs> absolutely absolutely 
we need to get one now, mate. Just I just feel left out. They, you know, just just on the side, really. You know, so I can drink my tea. Well, we'll get the PO forecast mug for David Norris sorted, probably. He's been on three <laughs> times, hasn't he? So he actually would have a mug. Yeah, maybe we maybe we don't go for mugs. Maybe we gave us something different. But um, all right, Freddie, so take off this conversation and let's press on the next player. <laughs> uh, I have a few more left wingers. Um, one that was mentioned by uh, the local paper in Portsmouth, but also seems like a reasonably cheap buy uh, would be Josh Sims. Uh, yes, I know he was released by the club that's uh, across the road, who we won't mention. But shall, I, shall I, not be named. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that shall be not be named. Um, but I liked him at Doncaster. Made 30 appearances in all comps, um, three goals and eight assists from 4.7 XG, XG and 3.92 XA. So he played miles above what he was expected uh, in terms of assists. So he, he's five foot five, which is definitely a concern. Um, I don't all. I don't like to get obsessed with height and stuff, but but League One and Two are both physical leagues, so you have to keep that in mind to a certain extent. Um, his dribbling, I, I liked five point eight nine per ninety with fifty three percent success rate. That's okay. That's above average in League One. Not as good as some of the other wingers we'll go to later on who can play on the opposite side. And I'd prefer Miller or Mendes Gomez to be honest. But he's he he's one of the cheaper options, and considering if Curtis leaves, and Michael Jacobs is still there, I'm not sure about his injury record because he he Jacobs played well when he played, but he did, simply didn't play enough. So I think um, Danny Cowley might be looking at depth at left wing, and Josh Sims definitely provides that. Yeah, I'd agree with that, and I think um, I, I mentioned it with another player earlier. He, he, Small players in themselves isn't a concern, but you need to have that balance to make sure that there's other players around to, to protect them. So if you've you've got the strength in central midfield, then no reason not to go for him. He, he definitely he, he definitely gets stuck in a lot, which I do like. He, he makes eleven point six eight offensive duels per ninety. Usually, if I look at that and they're um, slighter and they've got low duels, I think oof. Uh, he do, he doesn't like to get stuck in as much, but if he's got those numbers behind him, then yeah, I, I don't think it's as much of a concern as some people think it would be. Cool. So I'm going to go on for a slightly taller player. Let's go on the left-hand side. Not that we need it necessarily, but let's go for it. He can play left, centre or right on the attacking midfield. Talked about him last summer. Didn't happen. He stayed at Norwich. Uh, Josh Martin. I've spoken to the guys that I think he would be a player who I always say he needs to go out on loan. Norwich have been a little bit reluctant to send him out on loan last season because he was in the championship. They've got promoted this season and I think he could be a great option. He's a skillful player. He shoots well. He came from, he's a product of the Arsenal Academy, went to Norwich to get more game time, has played there a bit, come on quite a lot. He's a really exciting player to watch. He dribbles past defenders. He would tear League One up, in my opinion. He's he's that good for quality-wise when I see him on the ball. Big fan, Josh Martin from Norwich. Yeah, not, not a player I know a, a great deal about. Um, but he, I mean, I'm just, just looking at his performances. He has had a couple of Premier League games and um, nine league, league, league appearances last season in the Championship. Um I do wonder if he'll be looking more to, to stay in the Championship um, and, and whether Norwich, if they're going to load him up, would prefer him to be in the Championship. Probably right, Chris, but he definitely needs to go out on loan somewhere. So, uh... Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's worth a punt and it's one of those where if he, 
if he's struggling to find a squad as you get towards August, he might be one you can snatch up. Yeah, I mean, this is one that we spoke about last season. He had a couple of appearances and he ended up sticking at Norwich. Maybe you could say the last season was the season to, to nab him on loan and he's, he's yeah. done a bit, a bit more this season. I think if he was, if Norwich were in the championship, I would have next season would have written it off potentially and said they would have penciled him in. But there's always a bit of movement with it in the sense that maybe he can, someone can say, look, do you want to play every week in, in that sense? Or do you want to be on the bench in an over inflated championship squad, which is what he's sort of been in now so there is a bit of potential there I, I think sometimes to get a player that you would think would go on loan to to a lower level championship team yeah I mean it's the point I made before it, and, and you've, you've made it nicer there saying about uh, actually playing games you know if you got dropped into league one he'd have the ability to play games regularly and probably have a lot of championship structure around him yeah, and he, he he gets that at Pompey as well a little bit. And, you know, with the fans back, he's going to be playing in front of a decent crowd, etc. It's not sort of you know going somewhere too small, I suppose, in that sense. It sounds silly, but I think it is important for young players who are developing at that level now. He needs to play week in, week out in front of a decent crowd. And yeah, at a club with the right facilities and the right structure. And I think Danny Cowley as a manager, maybe if with Norwich look at you know who they're going to send him on loan to, it could be a good a good place for a, for a young winger like that. Yeah, and a club going in the right direction. I see um, new investments into training facilities and that kind of thing. Exactly. Fred, let's go through this, mate. We are lagging in time now, and uh, I think we should try and press forward maybe in a yeah. little bit a little bit yeah. less detail than we've done. Yeah, well, I'll skip to right-wingers because um, the, the only level left-wingers I had, Joel Randall from Exeter City, um, doesn't have as good a stats as some of the others we've mentioned. He gets knocked off the ball a tiny bit too much for me, and... Quadwo Barr, who was at Rochdale, very high dribbling stats, signed by Watford, another potential loan option. I'm going to go to the right wing, which is a bit different because um, obviously Marcus Harness mainly plays right wing, and he's obviously one of the prized effort assets we still, Porsche still have. So Danny Cowley might not look to splash all the cash at right wing spot, or he might do and move Harness to a cam instead. But if you are going for a right winger, um, for me, the right winger to go for, if you want to spend a fair bit of money, is Jordan Graham. Uh, as far as I know, he rejected the contract by Gillingham, so he'd be on a free to go where he pleases. 26 year old, years old, five foot nine. His crossing is the main thing that sticks out. Um, and as well as that, 30, 13 goals, five and penalties, but still eight, eight open play goals for a wing is very good and seven assists. And his expected assists of nearly 13, the highest in the league. There's so much creativity there. And it just seems the standout right winger to get if uh, would choose to go down that route. Yeah, I think he was one of the, a few players that left Gillingham in search of a little bit more money and, and, a, and a bigger club. Um, so you'd imagine Portsmouth can get in for a, a, a modest increase in his um, salary that he had at Gillingham. Um, so probably not too much cash to splash. His dribbling was also excellent. Although it's similar dribbling, anybody was in the one of similar dribbling stats to Aidan McGeady is uh, definitely a plus because Aidan McGeady was still ridiculous at 35 in that league. So yeah, Jordan Graham, the standout right winger, but we do have some more to go through. Next one, let's go for it. And I'm going to talk about Harry Anderson on a free, uh, 24 years old, five foot five. I think, again, I'm just going to caveat this by saying that Pompey spending money on a right winger. I mean, we do need 
more of the squad, let's be honest. It'll be interesting to see again, as you say, as Marcus Harness does stay out wide right. I think he's better in a more central role. Um, but he can play well on that right-hand side. If he does play him on the right, how much do we actually allocate to right wingers or does he just build up from sort of depth players to play behind Marcus Harness or whatever? But Harry Anderson available on a free 37 appearances, six goals and five assists. Um, his touches in the box again was something that stood out 3.22 per 90, which is very good. And again, I'm going to go with the fact that we're talking about we need players who are going to get in and around the box and do well. So that's something that they wanted to do. I won't go into too much stats about it because we've got loads of players to talk about, but Harry Anderson, an option at right wing. And a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be bad, would he? It wouldn't be bad. Um, interesting one. I don't know which wing he plays on, but do we think Sully Kai Kai is going to go to another League One team around the top top level of League One? Because he got released by Blackpool, didn't he? Yeah, that would be an interesting one. He's, he's another exciting player that would probably, probably fit him well. Yeah, I know Freddie's got his doubts about about him being being streaky. Is that is that something that's fair to say, Freddie? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what it was. It, it, it was probably because whenever I watched Blackpool, Sully Kaikai didn't have a good game. <laughs> but, 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 but then the next week, he, he would get about two assists and, and play really well. So I'm not sure. Um, I mean, that's a classic winger, isn't it? Like, one mm. week on, one week off. Mm. Mm. That's but, classic yeah. League One anyway, isn't it? As I said to some <laughs> people, they go... Uh, Oh, you know, if he played this well all the time, if he played this well all the time, some of our wingers, you know, they would be in the championship now. That is, that is what it is. Being yeah. playing at your level consistently from the, some of the top League One players, that that consistency is the problem when they step up. You know, they got the ability, but can they do it week in week out? But I really like Sully Kai Kai, so I'm just throwing that out there. I think he'd be a, another good player for for Pompey to get after being released by Blackpool. Sweet, Freddie. Go for it, mate. Uh, since we've got Chris on the show, I thought I would um, <laughs> ask you about this player in a, in a lot of detail because I've seen him play a few times and he looks wicked in the two when he plays. Yeah. He's on one year left. Dylan Barhambula, six foot two on the right wing, seven goals and seven assists in all comps and his dribbling stats were nuts. They were basically the, high, the, highest, in, uh, the highest in terms of the number of dribbles per game and the accuracy was up there as well. I think it was in like the top 10 from memory. I don't have them in front of me, yeah. but a very aggressive front foot player. Uh, I want to know more about him because <laughs> I haven't I, seen him as much. I think Gabe mentioned him last week as well, didn't they? And yeah, he, I'm just gutted that we've not been allowed in stadiums this year and he's almost certainly going to leave before I can actually see him in the flesh. Um, he's, yeah, you've summed it up, his dribbling skills are wicked. Um I, I've never seen someone nutmeg players so many times. I've, just, I've never seen it happen. And, and James on the podcast, I think he's watched more Oldham games than me this season for, because of his love for this guy. Um, I, I genuinely have never seen someone more more exciting that can beat a man so so seamlessly. He, you know, he'll be going up against talented, strong, experienced centre halves and, and and left backs. And he'll leave them for dead. He's got a bit of pace about him, but he'll just completely outskill them. And the fact that he's at Oldham in League Two is utterly bizarre. He, he, he's Do you think Oldham have any chance of keeping hold of him? I I don't think so. Uh, but I suspect we'll we'll be wanting a significant six figure fee, um, or upwards of half a million. I expect. Has there been any talk about anyone in particular who's been interested in him, Chris? 
No, I, I've not. I've, I've I've heard no rumors of where he where he's going or if he's going. I just I would be staggered if we kept him. He sounds like a really exciting player. Uh, yeah, that, that's exactly what we need. Some excitement. <laughs> just someone to get the fans up as well. Does it, is he someone who will press or just with the kind of flair player who, when, once he's on the ball, that's when the, the magic happens? Um, he'll press a bit, but most of the magic is when he's on the ball. Uh, but if you, if, you, if you give him the ball, he won't lose it. No. Okay. Fred, any more right wingers? Uh, a couple who I'll gloss through because, again, it might not be the position that Danny Cowley will focus on more. He he might want to focus more on the left wing or in, or definitely in the centre of the pitch. Uh, I really like Owen Dale from Crew Alexandra. I think for off the top of my head, he's got one near left. Scoring to any player who score, uh, scores 12 goals in all competitions in the wing peaks by interest a lot of the time. And another player who's released from Bristol City goes into that value column. Um, Hakeeb Adelaken, um played a fair bit in the championship as well from memory. So it, de- it depends where Portsmouth want to go, but those are two other names on the list who I didn't look into in as much depth as some of the others. Nah, that's rubbish, mate. <laughs> Not enough detail, Freddie. Come on, mate. <laughs> some, someone will tell me. Someone will t- uh, will go up to me and say, oh, why did you talk about, about this player? Is it Yes, because if we talked in detail about every player, we'd be here for three hours. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> let's, just, let's just go through every player in League One and Two. Let's do it. <laughs> what, so we can just say told you so when it comes up? <laughs> Welcome to your 10-hour special. Right, let's move on to strikers. Freddie, kick us off your first one. Right, the first striker, which I'll mention again, um, and it was definitely on the lips of a lot of Pompey fans, uh, Joe Piggott. It's hard to ignore him. Uh, 22, 22 goals in all competitions and five assists. His XG was just under 23, so he's scoring all the chances he's getting. 17 of his goals weren't penalties as well. Hassle, hassles defenders, has very very excellent close control. Definitely um, a striker to play alongside Marquis if Calder goes for two up front. But I'd expect him to go to a championship team. But he's, again, a name which we can't ignore and we have to mention. Yeah, I know there was a bit of a bit of talk about him going to the championship. I know Birmingham apparently had a, a flutter of interest. I don't know what their striker situation is like, to be honest. Um He's a good player, isn't he? he? He's a he's a player who will score goals. I think if we played him up front in a system with Danny Cowley, he could be that over twenty goal striker that we need. Obviously at Portsmouth, you know, look what he did at Wimbledon. Really, um, no disrespect to them as a club, obviously, but yeah, it, he, I think he's going to go to the championship. But if he isn't, it'd be great to see him come down and play his craft at Fratton Park. Yeah, he'd be a fabulous player to have around. Uh, I think Forest and Derby as well were interested in him in January. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd expect him to go to the championship, but as, as we've said with previous players, if you can convince him that he'll get regular game time, he'll score lots of goals, you know, you never know. Right, and I'll move it on. Next one, I'm going to go with Max Watters on loan from Cardiff. As we mentioned earlier on... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> No, um, you know he's he's had limited time at uh, he's had limited he's had limited opportunities at Cardiff. You've done it before. Come on, come on. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know what it is. I'm mixed up with what I've said, what you said, what Freddie said. <laughs> in my head now. It's just a mush of information now. Um, he's had limited opportunities since making that move to Cardiff. I think a loan move or whatever would be beneficial to him to come down to League One. Quick player 
it's good on the counter attack. Someone that I think would add that pace and bite. We need a little bit up front. So I think it'd be a good option. I think it's quite a realistic option on the level of he needs the loan. Um, Chris, what are your thoughts on Max Watters? Yeah, fantastic player. And um, he obviously had that, that fantastic time at Crawley where they signed him in signed him in the summer. 16 games, stupid number of goals while he was there and they sold him for, for a million quid on, off the back of it. So uh, some of the best transfer work that you can do there. Um, superbly talented. And I, I think, as you say, he's not had, had the opportunities he probably hoped at Cardiff. And so one of the higher end League One clubs would probably be a really good fit for him. Also, I'm just thinking about a little cheeky transfer deal with Freddie seeing Ronan Curtis one going one way and Max Watters coming the other way. <laughs> well, I don't know. That'll, that'll um, make the potential fee we get for Ronan Curtis potentially a bit lower. But yeah, I, I, I remember him at Crawley and I, I, I saw him be a penalty box striker and very quick and I thought, to, uh, a two, uh, we've seen it so many times Stry- a striker scoring a lot of goals in League 2 taking the two of the league jump to the championship and it's simply too much for them so he would definitely he would definitely want a loan move to a team like Portsmouth to play fairly regularly even if he's the backup striker behind Marquis he just needs he just needs minutes and he needs games to get his goal scoring form back so yeah it's definitely definitely worth a mention exactly the same as we said here on about Jaden Stockley went up two divisions struggled a bit in the championship and then Bam back in League One with Charlton and uh, obviously he's uh, he's now staying there, but he obviously impressed in the last half of last season. You can see there's a, such a jump in that level to go from League Two to the Championship. So let's get him on loan. Max Watters. Freddie, take us over. Next one. Uh, the other striker who who's also um, up there in terms of some of the best strikers in League One still. He's on one year, one year left at Accrington Stanley, but if you want to pay for a fee for a striker, He's quite the obvious one. Dion Charles, 20 goals in all competitions and four assists, XG of 19.48. So again, he, he's taking all the chances he's getting. 18 of his goals weren't penalties, so he's only had two pens to add to that, which is something I I, I like. I like my strikers. It, I like them to take penalties sometimes, but it's always reassuring that most of their goals are not coming from the penalty spot. They're coming from open play. He can score all sorts of goals, hassles defenders, Um Works well in a strike partnership. He obviously Charles and Marquis of a strike partnership would be pretty mental, but I'm not. I'm not sure if um, Cowley will go for him. To be honest, I don't know why. He, he would probably want more of a role type striker to go next to Marquis if he decides to play a front two. I'm not sure what Chris thinks on that one. Yeah, I, th- I, I could see him fitting in. Um, I come to want a fee for him, so I, I suspect that'll be the. The big question, but I, I could see him fitting in with Marquis or perhaps challenging for Marquis's um, spot in the team. Um, which you know, of course, after after last season, I you know he's a talented striker, but he's not proved himself as well as he would have hoped last season. So um, you know, he's not immune to competition. He does indeed. And some ports of fans will say we need a completely new striker, and a lot of people are losing faith in total. Chris is shaking his head, but you you need a second striker. You don't need a new striker. (laughs) There we go. I'll die on this hill. I will die on this hill. (laughs) (laughs) You can't see the massive Marquis poster in the background over there. (laughs) (laughs) I do like I do like Marcus as a striker. I really do like Marcus as a striker, but seeing him not seeing him not take all his chances, his XG being over his goals. 
his first touch is also a weakness, which I which is a big thing. I thought his first touch would be a lot better than it is, but I think it just comes down to his first touch ended up in the net. <laughs> yes, I know exactly. So it entirely <laughs> depends on what sort of service he's given. But I don't see Pompey moving on from John Marcus. He's the highest earner. They would just think, right, that that's it. He has this contract and he'll just have to play oh. as well as he can from that regard. If you give up on it now, you lose a lot of money. Yeah, you're burning him now, aren't you? You're literally burning it. Yeah. You know, he's put at the lowest value he's ever been at in that sense. Well, not ever, but, you know, in recent years. So... Yeah, you, you need to hold on to him. I hope he bounces back, even if you don't, you know, if you want to play someone else up front with him, really. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on. Freddie, you've got the last one to go over that we spoke about? Yeah, yeah the, the last one I have is Elijah Adibayo on load from Luton Town. I saw him play a fair bit in the championship and I really liked him. Six foot three, so a big presence. Um, Cowley might want a, a more of a target man striker to go alongside Marquis, but some of his strengths were that he could. Bring the bring the ball out of his feet. He was mobile. He, he he his movement off the ball was very very good for Luton Town. That's probably one of the reasons why they started him. Uh, he mainly played in League Two. He had half a season in League Two, then played at Luton halftime Championship minutes uh, for both teams. In total, he scored fifteen goals with his xG of sixteen point oh two. So again, he's roughly on trend about taking all of his chances. And if you if you want a role striker really to be either the backup or the second choice behind Marquis, why spend a load of money buying that striker when you could get someone who fits the mould in on loan? If Luton see it as um, the best way to develop him, because they might just decide to start him in the in the championship and roll with that. But if they want to, if they feel like the development's the best way, then loaning him to League One, which he hasn't played in from memory, might be the best way to, to develop him. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, one in one in three striker in both League Two and the Championship, you'd feel he could do well in League One. If if Luton do loan him out, and I think you're right that they could well just keep him keep him where he is. They'd want him to be guaranteed playing time for first spot. Um, so you'd probably want to be playing him with Marquis, which, as you say, might not work out um, as well as you might hope. Because mm-hmm. Portsmouth have struggled a lot with target man strikers. Um, they also had Alice Harrison, who, who um, reports by the news that they're looking to ship him off to either Oxford or Fleetwood, where the last teams mentioned. Had Ollie Hawkins beforehand, who was excellent in all of his statistics apart from actual goals, which is very frustrating. I didn't mind him as long as he fits um, the style of play, but I do think sometimes, even when you set, set your side up to be very creative, and attack quickly with balls on the floor. Sometimes you, if you have a target man striker, it could easily go very direct, very, very quickly, which um, a lot of the Pompey fans won't want. And I think Pompey fans are particularly sensitive to that now, you know, complaining about having neck ache under jacket and, and that, that sort of thing. Where I, have to watch I, the- I, yeah, I thought Pompey fans love jacket. Oh, <laughs> we're, big, we're, we're, we're big fans on the podcast as well, Chris. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, a mixed opinions. There we go. Uh, not too mixed here. And um, what I'm going to do is go to what the listeners have said now quickly because, and I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out some of the suggestions and then just sort of stop me if anyone sort of brings to mind or anyone you think is worth, you know, going through. Martin Daniels messages in. Cheers as always, dude. He says, in midfield, Connor Grant, Plymouth, Joe Powell, Burton, Matt Butcher, Accrington, Matt J. Exeter, Jamie McGrath, St. Mirren. Anyone there that... 
twings any uh, any bells there or I don't think it's going to be a good fit. Mm-hmm. Matt, well, Matt, Matt Jay's, yeah, you're going to say Matt Jay as well. Um, <laughs> I wasn't actually, I was going to go for Matt Butcher, the Pompey fan, obviously, is the, is the person to mention, but he's a pure centre defensive midfielder and whether you'd want to spend money on that instead of getting one on the free is a different matter. But I, do, I did like his tenacity when he played, but uh, you were going to mention more about Matt Jay. Chris. Yeah, well, I was going to say he's, he's a player that I find he's really entertaining to watch. Um, but I suspect, I think he's probably got another year extra. I'm not certain. He's been there a long time. He has, yeah. Uh, uh, he's another player that's sort of one in three. Um, but yeah, he's an entertaining player. Nice one. Um, Philly meshes in. He says Max Wattis, Joe Piggott, Colby Bishop. We've done all the other ones. Colby Bishop. Obviously, we briefly chatted about him already, but Colby, is he the best fit up front with Marquez? Or, as we've mentioned, is Dion Charles really the man if you want to find a fit from Accrington since we're trying to raid all their players, apparently, in the last two minutes? <laughs> um, yeah, I think Charles is probably the slightly better fit. Um, but Bishop's also an excellent player. Um, but I think we have mentioned he's probably, he's probably a little bit too similar to Marquez. Yeah, no, agreed. Cowley's Cows thinks he's excited and optimistic to see what Cowley puts together, give the team time. I agree. There are a lot of people out there who think that the whole club is not going to sign anybody purely because we haven't signed anyone yet and let a lot of players go. Um, people are panicking about it, etc. Keep the faith, lads and girls. You know? <laughs> and, and, and if, if you can't keep the faith, the Euros is on. Just watch, just watch that and wait until the first game of the season. Then, then get stressed about it. That's what I'm doing. We, we once waited till about three weeks before the start of the season before entire, signing our entire squad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Str- stressful as hell, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah, if that's the case, people just you know switch off and don't uh, listen or read anything about ports apart from the stuff we do because, yeah, we appreciate it. Um, Going past uh, Graham from the Devon Blues machine, he says Colby Bishop and Joe Piggott would be great choices. Um, we've covered that already, but cheers for messaging in. Always appreciate it, Graham. Tom Clark wants uh, Vidane Oliver. Yeah. Do you want to take that one, Chris? I mean, he's, he's one that's left Gillingham, um, like I mentioned before, for, for a move higher up, uh, maybe for a little bit more money, and he's a really, really exciting striker. Got quite a lot of goals. I can't remember exactly what he got last season, uh, but he's, he's a good goal scorer. I think it was 19 goals off the top of my head. I, I can double check that, but I can't. <laughs> I can't be objective about Vidane Oliver because I, I, I've seen. I saw him in before he went to Northampton. I saw him play a fair few times for York York City in the in the National League, and he was woeful, <laughs> absolutely woeful. Nowhere near the player he is now. So I, I, I'm struggling to. Um, Literally, literally, think of him as this completely different player rather than uh, the player I saw miss from three yards at Harrogate in a friendly. So. I mean, I know that Matt from Jules and the Blood really, really rates him, and not just because he got a free shirt signed by him, but I think he, <laughs> I think he genuinely rates him highly. So, no, he is, he is an excellent uh, player. Yeah, could be an option. You never know. He needs a bit more money. I don't know how much Jilling him are paying, but that's the case. Um, it was 18 was... goals. 18 goals in all comps. 18 That's good. So he spoke about Matt Butcher. Alfredo messages in. He asked about getting Harvey White back on loan. I would quite like to see Harvey White back on loan. Technically good midfielder from Spurs Academy. Obviously, he put his all in. Um, 
passionate player, really mature by his age, actually. And uh, the fans took to him well, technically gifted, passes the ball round, round very well, doesn't get knocked off the ball for a young player like you might think. I suspect he would do even better if he came back next season um, in a more passing system. And also, now he's had that first team experience. Remember when he scored his first goal, he gave like a three-minute interview and talking about how good that was, his first senior goal as a, as a player and was all emotional about it. So he's a young kid with a, with a good head on him. Um, the fans like him. And I think if he did come back and, you know, play in, in the midfield for... Uh, for Pompey, it'd be, it'd be a good shout. Fred, what do you think about getting Harvey White back? Uh, I would like that as a depth option. Um, the main thing for me was when Cowley did that interview saying he doesn't have academy, basically academyitis, where a lot of academy players don't want to get um, stuck in as well in the in the football league and sometimes put in the hard yards. Um, he definitely didn't look out of place playing in Pompey's midfield at times. Very technical, liked his short passing. Again, a depth option. Depth option. I'd really like Harvey White to come back if Spurs wanted to loan him back again. I like to look at him as well. He, he played for Spurs, didn't he, in the FA Cup against mm. Marine? Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He got his first team um, debut for that. But no, I think he's really, really smart player. Um, he's also a player that at some one point I remember he scored that. Guy, I can't remember who it was against, but he peeled off, got digging. Was that the goal with the, the header? He makes runs in the header against Oxford. Yeah, yeah. He makes smart runs. He makes nice moves, and he's technically gifted. And he gets stuck in. I think he'd be be a good a good player for us. So good shout, Fredo. Um, he says Chuck's an echo, which uh, got a laugh from a few of the people underneath him. <laughs> we did we mention him already? Or am I just going mad about an hour and a half mm, into we the did, podcast? Yeah. Oh yeah, but did we? Uh, <laughs> oh, in that in that section, in, the, in that other section. I don't section, think we've yes. officially mentioned him yet. Right, let's go for it then. <laughs> That's right. We're not talking about you behind your back, Chucks. Um, he, he, <laughs> yeah. So as we said, I think the th- issue is because the man has got up there in the stats. He looks, you know, why wouldn't you sign him? Most goals per ninety, etc. I believe in the league. Um, he is a, he can score a goal, but I think there are some fitness issues there, which are a bit of a concern because you think otherwise. Why aren't Charlton playing him? And you know, why are you signing a new striker in in January effectively with? bringing in Jaden Stockley if you got this the most deadliest striker in the league so I think Pompey probably should swerve that one um, and I know that he's out of contract this summer according to Transfer Market as we said before <laughs> everyone's thing high quality <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's that's the information there and I've heard he's put out there that he's interested and wants to go back to Charlton so I'm going to say it's a non-starter but you never know I, I like someone replying here Jaden Stockley yeah, I like that because uh, we'll shout out to that as well because um, it was quite funny, Lewis, that you said that and uh, um, yeah, Hayden didn't quite realise it was a bit of sarcasm, which doesn't, to be fair to you, mate, always come across the best. No. Uh, <laughs> you need to put some sort of emoji or dots or, or some sort of uh, some sort of uh, thing, but I don't know what I'm on about now. This is just getting too late. <laughs> it's too late now. <laughs> Joe Morell. Joe Morell. Uh, no chance of signing for Portsmouth, surely. He's a Wales international. <laughs> I, I, I just don't. Uh, he's just signed for Bolton, right? So uh, you know, Wales international. I heard Cornwall have got a team as well. That's not. That's not really bothering me. Um, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not bothered. Let's let's move on. I think, to be honest, most of the ones I can't see anyone that we haven't already covered on the on the list, which is a pretty good. Oh, sweet. Pretty good shout. Is there anyone that anyone else wants to bring up before we? bring this episode to a, a close I think that's everyone I think we've talked about every player in the league 
<laughs> always a positive sign. But uh, but no, I, I was hoping Chris would bring up the, uh, one player who was an obvious miss that we have not mentioned, who could be a realistic signing. But I think we've gone for everybody. I think. Oh, sorry. I thought you were teeing yourself up then to tell. Oh, yeah, you. I, I, no, I, I, <laughs> no, I wasn't. I'm not that. I'm not that good a broadcaster. Oh, I was just I'm, sitting I'm, on my I'm hands. A, I'm a writer, Hugh. I'm not I, can't, I can't believe you've missed this one. I can't believe. Yeah, you. I'm just <laughs> sitting on my hands, waiting for Chris to say the obvious one, and it is. <laughs> right, let's just pack it up. Chris, tell people where they can find you, what you do, uh, what you're about, if they don't know already. Yeah, so I'm the co-host of the D3 D4 football podcast. In the regular season, we have a weekly podcast and. You know, few weeks time at some point we'll do a pre-season podcast uh at d3d4 football on twitter uh, instagram uh, d3d4 football on facebook and me personally i'm at stringer underscore oafc nice one and i'm pretty sure most of the listeners already listen to your show but if you don't go check it out I listen to it every week as well I think it's really good um, you and James the guys they're doing Ed do really well um, covering the whole of two leagues which is not an easy thing to do to be honest mate um, so congrats we do enough just covering one team so um, you do a great job there as well uh, Fred mate always good to have you on the show always a pleasure Hugh thanks for having me back on no as always dude and until next time play out Pompey You have been listening to the PO Forecast for Pompey News Now. Available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow PO Forecast and Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle.